picked the right shirt today, too. I know. Snow, snow days. days, hot chocolate. We got wine, of course. We are hanging in my living room today. I'm here with Raquel, guys. Happy Sunday. Hey, y'all. Thanks for joining. And I am... I don't think I had any hot topics this week. Except for the fact that uh, we got away with... Hey, we got away with surprising my sister for her 40th birthday. So that was like bomb. That was a ho highlight. Yes, that was too um, much fun. We had way too much fun. <laughs> Me and Raquel was bad moms on Friday. I probably was the worst mom, but <laughs> we had a blast. <laughs> we were so lit. Oh, it's okay. Thanks for joining. Hey, Nana. Hey, girl. Um. So today I have the honor of being with Raquel. Um, we were going to go to the studio, but one, it's snowing. And two, we're all for mom convenience, like with the kids and everything. And three like this is my family so we're just hanging out in my living room on the sofa chilling hanging out comfortably and um we're gonna get into the episode um because i don't want her to get stuck in charles county okay <laughs> <laughs> but um i just want you to kind of tell our audience like a little about yourself and your family um she's gonna tell you about her amazing beautiful boys like they're gorgeous but so i'm a mom and a wife um, of how many years now? Seven years. Um, but me and my husband, we've actually been dating since 2002. So we've been together for 16 years. So he was my high school sweetheart, and I haven't found a way to get rid of him yet. <laughs> <laughs> but no. So I, um, we started this journey a long, long, long time ago. And, you know, as every couple have had ups and downs or whatever, but a lot more ups than downs. And on the positive note, our two amazing boys that has been like the highlight of um, our relationship for me and of course it stemmed from our friendship a long time ago but um, we have two amazing boys Bryce who will be six in February February, uh, February 10th he's an Aquarius um, like Kile so he's patient <laughs> <laughs> he had issues <laughs> Um, but I love him dearly or whatever he's adjusting to being a big brother um, I just had a baby September 12th Sorry, Instagram. I'm looking at the Facebook. I don't give y'all no <laughs> we, love. We got two different got cameras two going on. Um, but I just had a baby September 12th, so now I got a little Virgo in the house. And um, he's adorable. Um, I got lucky. I had very good babies. Um, don't hardly cry except when they need to be fed or, um, you know, want to be held to be rocked to sleep. But um, just love, love, love being a mom. Um, but although I have two beautiful sons, my experience with childbirth and having kids um, started off rocky, um, as it does with a lot of women. I don't think people notice or know the statistics about how many women have miscarriages, and it is a mm -hmm. lot more prevalent than what we talk about in our community and just in general society. I think people don't really talk about miscarriage that often. But when I was in college, me and Terry, um, I can't remember exactly how many years we had been dating, but he definitely was not. We started dating in high school when I was in the 10th grade, so he definitely wasn't like Joe Smo Blow from down the street. <laughs> I definitely knew him. We were definitely, you know, in the mix of becoming, you know, fiance and then wife and things like that. But we weren't engaged at the time. I was in college. I was in my sophomore year of college. 
just had finished my first year, uh, my first semester of nursing school, but I was in my third year of college, sorry, junior year of college, so it was third. Yeah, because I had just finished my first semester of nursing school. And I went home for winter break, and I remember, like, laying in the bed with my little sister. Hey, Rian. Um, <laughs> I remember laying in the bed with her, and I'm like, oh, my God, I think I'm pregnant. And I remember just busting out crying. And she was like, well, what's, she was like, well, it's okay or whatever. She was like, why do you think you're pregnant? So I'm, like, telling her, like, you know, oh, my underarms are burning. <laughs> my boobs are sore. And I'm like, I just know my body. Something isn't right. And she's like, well, when is your period supposed to come on? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I don't think I'm technically late yet. And she was like, what is going on with you? So um, I remember before I went off a break, I like went and told my mom, I was like, you know, I think I'm pregnant. And Terry was at the house. And I remember just, you know, busting out crying to my mom. And she was like, what is wrong or whatever? She was like, you didn't kill anybody. She was like, it's just a baby. And I mean, my mom has always been my number one supporter and have always been very understanding she was like Raquel I had you at 21 you're 20 why would I be upset about you being pregnant but I was just like devastated to tell the truth um so that night she was like go and you know she was like you know we can make a doc's appointment then she was like you know what no you about to go back to school you're gonna worry yourself to death she was like go ahead to um UNT go ahead to CVS and get a pregnancy test now that was a funny experience (laughs) Because at the CVS, they got the pregnancy test locked yes. down. Yes. Locked down. They make it hot for you yes. to be like. embarrassing. You got to ring a little bell and an intercom <laughs> comes over. T was like, they just go announce to the whole store and we in the Clinton CVS. I'm like, I know somebody we know is in this CVS. And that's and the same this- one that me and John went to. Yes. And they make an announcement over here <laughs> about somebody need help in aisle 12. Really? Really? You ain't got to do that to us. Okay. So, um, if you got to go to CVS, get a pregnancy test, take somebody back there with you that works there, whisper in their ear so that you don't have to <laughs> be over you. the intercom because they bust you out. Uh, listen, you can't get no pregnancy tests in the secret in the CVS. I'm yes. telling you. So, I remember like going home and I tell you, before I peed on the stick, it, it turned positive. <laughs> And I remember just crying. I remember laying in the bathroom in the fetal position and my mom like, Raquel, like it is okay or whatever. But, you know, I felt like my world was coming to an Mm -hmm. end because I have always been like a type A plus, plus, plus personality, which having kids definitely helped me come off the plus 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 um I'm still a little bit too much a personality sometimes and sometimes like my family and friends got to tell me like Raquel chill let your head down put your wig on turn into your alter ego do something um so but I was like you know oh my goodness I'm like you know I'm not finished college yet what am I gonna Mm. do and I'm like you know this is just rocking my world and I remember my mom whispering to no no don't stop (laughs) but I remember my mom whispering to me she's like you don't have to keep it and I remember like when she said that to me I'm about to get teary eyed when she said that to me I just had a reality check like no that never crossed my mind not keeping it what Mm -hmm. crossed my mind is that it's going to be about to get hard and my world is being turned upside down but me not keeping it never you know crossed my mind so I'm like okay I need to like get myself together and, you know, I was just really, you know, disappointed in myself, or whatever, because I had got myself for what I thought was off track, or whatever. And I was so worried about what other people were going to think mm-hmm. about me. And that was a big part of it. So that was a really 
if I could say anything about my miscarriage, that was a good lesson for me that, you know, don't worry about what other people think about mm-hmm. your situation or whatever. So I was just so worried about, you know, what are my friends and family's going to say? Like, I've always been the responsible one and I'm not finished college. I haven't started my career. So I mm-hmm. was just really, you know, upset with myself. And I think I was a little bit too hard on myself. And I think that was one of the things that probably made my miscarriage even harder because I was so upset about being pregnant that as soon as I got into the happy part of like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. This is such a blessing. Terry's family had found out, even though we had made a pact between me, him, and my mom, then nobody was going to know until I went to the doctors for the they first can't time. can't be trusted. Can't be trusted. I remember walking into my in-law's house and my mom, meet my mother-in-law meeting me at the door. And she's like, I already know. And I'm like, thanks, T. Thanks. I'm like, you big mouth. And he's like, I'm sorry. I'm excited. And even when I found out that I was pregnant, like I'm in the bathroom in my mom's room, like in the fetal position. And him and my mom are like high-fiving and jumping up and down. And I'm like, these two have lost their <laughs> minds up in here. Like, I... And devastated about this or whatever. And I remember my sister being like, it's okay. Like, everybody was okay with it but me. And, I mean, mm-hmm. I did have other family members that said, you know, not so nice stuff or whatever that, you know, were just concerned about my future and the choices mm-hmm. that I was making and things like that with not being finished school and then, of course, not being married yet and things like that. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you, you had conversations like that. But for the most part, I was really supporting. Like, when I went to my in-law's house, my mother's was like, don't worry about it. Like, you're going to finish school on time. You know, we're going to help you with this baby. Don't be concerned about that. You're still going to have your career or whatever. And, you know, my mom pretty much has said the same thing. So I've always been blessed with very strong family support on both sides Mm -hmm. um terry's side and my own so you know everybody was just like you know it is okay like yeah you might have got sidetracked and it might be different from what you thought you wanted but this is going to be a good thing so i remember being nine weeks pregnant and i went to the doctors and he um you know did the heartbeat did the sonogram I saw the little jumping bean and like at that point my heart was sealed and I had fell in love and I was like you know what it is okay Raquel it Mm -hmm. is okay like you're about to be a mom and I was remember being so excited and my um GYN was like you know well I don't deliver babies anymore so I have to outsource you and he was like so you need to call them and make an appointment he was like even though this is you know your first appointment and we can tell that you have a live fetus. This is not an official OB appointment because I don't deliver babies anymore. So I'm like, okay. So I made called them. They was like, oh, you know, can you come? Can we get you in as soon as possible? And I'm like, well, I'm in school. So we worked with my schedule. And I remember coming down the Beltway two weeks um, later. And so I went to that appointment. And, like, the whole appointment was just a very, like, eerie feeling. Um, I remember getting checked in and all of that. And them doing their first checkup on me, and I remember them putting the Doppler on me. And by this point, I'm supposed to be somewhere between 11 and 12 weeks, and they putting the Doppler on me, and they can't find the heartbeat. And she's like, "Oh, well, this Doppler's been acting up all week. We have you scheduled for a sonogram um, to do the anatomy and find out truly how far along you are. So don't worry about it." Something about that just was not setting right for me or whatever. So I remember we would go to get the sonogram. And, of course, I had, like, a sellout crowd with me. I had my mom there, my sister there, Terry's there. And we go into the sonogram room. And 
the lady starts to do the sonogram and she starts off, you know, my bladder's full. She starts off on top of my belly and she's poking and prodding, poking and prodding, doing all this stuff. And then she's like, can you go empty your bladder for me? I'm going to have to do a transvaginal sonogram. And I'm like, okay. And so I go and empty out my bladder. I'm like, this is my first child. What do I know? Mm -hmm. So I go and empty out my bladder. And she starts, you know, prodding around again. So I then I noticed that she's starting to turn the screen in a way that I can't see it. And so I'm like puzzled and I'm laying there. And so finally, like I look over at her and I say, is something wrong? Mm-hmm. And she says, I'm not at liberty to say. I have to bring the doctor in because she was a radiology tech. And at that point, I already knew that something was wrong. I just didn't know what was wrong. And I, you know, could see my mom starting to get, like, weak in the background and stuff like that because my mom could still see what was going on with the screen. So then um, before the sonogram tech leaves out, she starts to cry. So at that point, I knew it wasn't nothing good or whatever. And the doctor came in and he says, I'm sorry to tell you, but this is no longer a viable pregnancy or whatever. You've miscarried. Miscarried. There's no heartbeat. So at that point, my world really, like I thought when I found out I was pregnant, that I was devastated. No, when my world really got rocked when they said that, you know, I had had a miscarriage. And I'm like, what do you mean I have a miscarriage? Like I'm 20 years old. I'm healthy. What do you mean that my body has, you know, rejected the, this baby, that my body has mm-hmm. failed me or whatever? Because that's what you feel. It's like, what what are you saying? So um, I remember my GYN, he actually, you know, before I could get out that office good, they had called him. And I had been seeing him since I was really young. So he called me and he was like, you know, I am so sorry. And he was like, um, we have to schedule you to have a DNC or whatever. And I'm like, okay, so now... I done had a miscarriage, and now I have to have my first surgery. I've never been sick, never been in the hospital for an mm-hmm. extended amount of time um, like this. And I'm like, now I have to get surgery. So he's like, you know, um, we're going to schedule for your surgery. So I'm like, okay. So he's like, I'll see you, you know, first thing in the morning at the hospital. Whatever. And I was like, he's like, but I really need you to come down to the office to see my partner because I'm actually out of the office because I'm supposed to be on vacation. So I go to the office to see, you know, his partner and Terry goes with me and um, Terry's asking him, like, you know, what happened? Like, we were just here two weeks ago. We heard the heartbeat. Everything looks fine. What happened or whatever? Like, why didn't y'all tell us that, you know, something was wrong then or that something could happen? Mm -hmm. And the doctor's just looking at him like, dude, like, I don't have no control over it. He was like, do you think that if something was wrong two weeks ago, we would have let her walk out the office? Like, obviously, nothing was wrong two weeks ago. And he was just being like a real ass or whatever, which was not making the situation any better. Because he was just, you know, upset or whatever. And he didn't understand. I didn't understand. So, you know, we went to the doctor's office. We got the pre work done to have the surgery the next morning and then we get back to my house and although I love 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 having like such a strong support system um and big family it was just overwhelming because everybody was at my mom's house I mean they had set the house up for like a damn repast or something (laughs) they had food cooked or whatever everybody was there I walk through the door everybody's hugging me I'm so sorry and I'm just like really like I cannot even. Yeah. So I remember just sitting in my mom's dining room, just in a corner or whatever, just crying, like pretty much the whole time they was there. Like, I wish they would just leave, mm-hmm. please. Um, but 
they ended up, you know, staying and sticking around. And I remember my little cousin, Markel, who's not so little anymore. I remember him saying, it's okay. I'm going to buy you a new baby. Aww. <laughs> and I'm like, well, baby, if even if only it was that simple or whatever. So I had the surgery. And um, after that, I had weeks at home to try to recover from the surgery and get ready to go back to school. Um, and I just remember, like, just being, like, really depressed or whatever and really feeling like you know my body has failed me what if I can never have children you know why did I miscarry and they had took it, taken a biopsy from the fetus that I had miscarried so that they could do some genetic testing on it well then I got the results back from that that the specimen had got contaminated so they couldn't give me any genetic information from it but now in hindsight, I look back and I say that was nothing but God because I really didn't need to know. I didn't need to know whether it was a girl or a boy. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to know why, you know, why it had happened or whatever. It just had happened and I needed to, you know, deal with it and process it and work through it. And I remember my doctor, like after I miscarried and he did the surgery, I remember him telling me like, you know, well, in six weeks you can try to get pregnant again. And I'm like, oh, buddy. No, 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 not no, that. no that's what we're not going to do. I'm like, because I was not necessarily ready this time, whatever, which was part of the problem is that I had mentally, you know, mentally had kind of sabotaged myself. And I'm like, then you like, I'm like, no, that's where I, nope, I know where we went wrong with this. Not going to happen again. So, um, so yeah, so that's pretty much how the miscarriage came about. And then since having the miscarriage or whatever, of course, you know, you see people around you getting pregnant and you're just like, oh my goodness, like, am I ever going to be able to have a mm-hmm. child or whatever? You know, I'm scared to get pregnant again because I don't want to experience that again. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, like, that is a pain that can't be explained, you know. And I remember when I got pregnant with Bryce, which was years later because um, I had the miscarriage in 2008. And I got pregnant with Bryce in 2012. I remember I when I found out I was pregnant with him, I was like, I don't want to tell anybody. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason why I didn't want to tell anybody is because I'm like, well, what if I miscarry again? Like, I don't need everybody to know how, you know, that I'm having problems with fertility. Right. But the other problem, reason why I didn't want to tell anybody is because I can remember one experience from after when I had my miscarriage. Later on that summer my one of my grandmother's like distance friends or whatever I was in the mall and I had on like one of them Pelham tops and I'm walking around thinking I'm cute having a good day (laughs) and she walks up to me and she's like oh baby and she was like when is the baby due she was like look at you glowing you so cute going my whole day my whole day and when I tell you, when I told her, like, you know, I lost the baby a couple of months ago, whatever, mm-hmm. like the same look of devastation that I had on my face when she said, like, how cute I was and, you know, when's the baby due and you're glowing, that same look, she then, you know, modeled that same look once mm-hmm. I told her, like, that I had lost the baby. She started looking the same way, like, oh my gosh. It's kind of like one of those things when you ask somebody, is they, are they pregnant? And they're, and they're not. not pregnant. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it was kind of like one of those moments or whatever. So, like, when I got pregnant with Bryce, I really didn't want anybody to know. And I was like, because what if I miscarry again? And so then I, like, told my mom and Terry, and I was like, don't tell anybody And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know, as a woman of God, and I'm supposed to have all this Mm -hmm. faith, like, I have to believe 
that I'm going to have a different experience experience Mm -hmm. this time so I was like you know what let me just embrace this or whatever and if it does go wrong like this time I just want to be more open to talk about it because I remember after I had my miscarriage I just felt like my whole world was coming to the end and me being in the nursing program when I went back to school like so many of my nursing instructors like pulled me to the side and was like sweetheart like miscarriages are way more prevalent and I remember this one professor pulled me to the side and she was like can you come to my office for a second and I'm like sure she was like let me show you something and she showed me a picture of her four sons and she said do you want to know how many miscarriages I had before I had these four sons she was like it took seven times for them to figure out what was wrong with me and why I was miscarrying um before I actually had a live birth and she was like I could have gave up a long time ago Mm -hmm. and she was like but I didn't because you know I really wanted to be a mom and I really knew that they could figure it out and that my body could do this and honestly, they say that half the battle is getting pregnant. If you can get pregnant, mm-hmm. you can have a baby or whatever. But we just, you know, you just have to know, you know, keep the faith and go through the different steps that you need to go through to eventually have a live birth. And I mean, everybody's story is different because I do know women that have had miscarriages and still do not have children or whatever. And, you know, they have angel babies, but they don't have any live babies and I feel for them. I know some of my friends who have been through years of in vitro, never got pregnant, started getting healthy, changed their diet, um, Mm -hmm. you know, stopped going through in vitro, and then they got pregnant and they had healthy babies. So, I mean, everybody's um, story is different. But when I got pregnant with Bryce, I enjoyed my pregnancy or whatever, and I enjoyed my pregnancy with Blake too, but I was scared with Bryce the whole time. Mm-hmm. the entire time like people say oh once you get past 12 weeks like the um risk the risk for miscarriage decreases by 50 percent yeah but I know mothers who have carried babies almost full term mm-hmm. and miscarried so that did not give me like being I mean not being a nurse but just after having a miscarriage and doing more research on it and stuff like that because that's just the type of person I am mm-hmm. I'm like no like you know this is life-threatening for me life-threatening for the baby like you know I was just very scared the entire pregnancy with Blake I mean, with Bryce, so I just tried to, you know, enjoy it. But at the same point, like, I remember getting a Doppler because I wanted to be able to hear his heartbeat anytime Mm -hmm. I needed to just to give myself peace of mind. Um, The good thing for me, well, it wasn't really a good thing, but the blessing in me having gestational diabetes is that I got checked up on a little bit more frequently. Um, So towards the end of my pregnancy, I was literally going to the doctor's three times a week and um during two of those during one of those um appointments a week I would get a sonogram so I would get to see him moving breathing his heart beating and stuff like that so it actually you know was a good thing for me in hindsight but it was terrible at the time because I was like ain't that much checking this baby in the world <laughs> I'm telling you. and I'm like I'm like thank god that I only worked three days a week because I'm like the other days I'm in somebody's doctor's office or whatever and I'm like oh this is craziness um you know not to mention we had some other thing life you know right. events going on so it was just like, if I have to see one more doctor, one mm-hmm. more hospital outside of the one that I work at, too, I'm like, this is just too much for me. Um, but, yeah, so then so I had Bryce. So Bryce is considered what they call a rainbow baby. So that's a baby that you have after miscarriage or whatever. So I had Bryce. Everything, you know, went, went fine or whatever. Um, delivered him on February 10th. 
and he was seven pounds and 13 ounces so he was a little chunky but yes one one ounce less than hunter yeah so he was a little chunky but whatever but i just remember being like you know thank you god whatever thank you body like you didn't fail me this time and um i remember being like you know i want to share my experience with other women because i want them to know like just because you have a miscarriage does not mean that you'll never have children or whatever and you know that you can never experience the joy of being a mom so Mm -hmm. uh i felt you know really good after i had bryce and then i remember getting pregnant with blake and people think like after you have a miscarriage and you have you know one live child that those fears go away and that those feelings go away and they don't like i was talking to my mother-in-law um just on Thursday, I think it was. But anyway, people are all, once you have one child, people always want to know, oh, are you going to have any more? Mm-hmm. Um, and once you have two boys, people always want to know, are you going to try, try for a girl? girl? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. So, you know, people keep asking me that or whatever. And I'm like, you know, I'm like 50-50. Like, part of me is content with having two boys. Now, originally when I set out to have kids or whatever, I always said that I wanted three kids. Mm-hmm. That was before I had the first <laughs> And that was, um, uh, sorry. I'm we have another mom who's sharing, uh, no, nah, no. Nah. After losing my son at 22 weeks, I remember being scared my whole pregnancy with KJ the following year. I wouldn't even tell anyone until I reached about six months. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's hard, but a lot of moms experience whatever, but I think we don't talk to each other and we don't support each other through it um, all the time because it's kind of like, you know, mom's the word. If we don't talk about it, it doesn't hurt as much. And that's, that's not necessarily the truth, whatever. Like we have to talk about these things so that we can process them. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's not only for our healing, it's for other people's healing too. Exactly. Um, But yeah, so then when I got pregnant with Blake, I was still scared or whatever. I was a little less scared than when I was pregnant with Bryce or whatever, but I was still scared or whatever. And um, then a couple weeks after I found out that I was pregnant, my sister found out that she was pregnant and her best friend found out that she was pregnant. (laughs) And we was like, ooh, baby, it's a party now, baby. It is a baby bump party now. Um, but I remember that like their whole pregnancy, I held my breath because Mm -hmm. this was their first pregnancy Mm -hmm. and I experienced my miscarriage with my first pregnancy. And I'm like looking at the statistics and I'm like, statistically, we should not have, all three of us will not have a successful pregnancy or whatever. And I'm like, now again, it's all God's will. But I just remember being like more scared for their pregnancies than I was for mine. Mm -hmm. Cause I was like, you know, Lord, even if I do end up, you know, even if. I end up having another miscarriage. I have a son or whatever. Like I, you know, I have a child, so I mm-hmm. have, I'm enjoying being a mom. I know what that love and what that feeling feels like. And I want them to have that same experience. So, um, I just remember like the, like the whole time all three of us was pregnant, like I delivered first and I remember taking a deep breath, like, okay, God, thank you. Mm-hmm. Like I have, you know, another healthy baby, whatever, seven pounds, six ounces, um, and I was like, so, you know, thank you. So then Maya's baby girl decided that she didn't want to act right <laughs> and turn around. And she was breached almost the entire time. So I remember 
you know, Maya having to go in for a C-section. I remember holding my breath about that because I'm like, Lord, you know, I know they do these every day and every morning. I'm like trying to be strong for Maya, but I'm like scared to death, but I can't tell her I'm scared to Mm -hmm. death. But I'm like, I know that they do this all the time. And I was like, so I was like, she's going to be fine. But I remember, you know, praying extra hard for her. And then she had a healthy baby girl. And I'm like, okay, we two for three, God. We two for three. And I mean, even though we all were having good pregnancies and we were far along in our pregnancies, anything can happen. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's people that have carried babies for nine months or whatever and then have a stillborn or whatever. And my heart truly, you know, goes out for them. No matter when you have a miscarriage or whatever, it hurts. But I'm like, you know, I didn't have to birth. Mm -hmm. my miscarried baby I did have to have surgery and some people don't even have to have surgery some people it just passes on their own but I was far long enough that I had to have surgery um I do know moms that were too far along that they actually had to induce their labor and they actually had to give birth Mm -hmm. to their fetus and I mean that has to be like you know labor is hard anyway but that has to be extremely hard or whatever to go through labor knowing that the, at the end of the day, you're not going home with a baby. Mm-hmm. So that, um, my heart really goes out to those moms as well. Um, but yeah, so then Maya had her baby on October 5th and then Rion called that night and said her water had broke. And I said, Oh God, you showing out now. <laughs> and I remember going to the hospital and then her delivering her baby. And I felt like for the first time in like nine months, I could really breathe again and like the knot from out of my throat was gone because I was like, we really all had three healthy Healthy babies babies, with no complications. And I'm like, you know, thank you, God, that they didn't experience. And I think my sister, she bought a Doppler and things like that. And I really think that it affected her seeing me have a miscarriage so young and with my first child because she was like extra nervous about her pregnancy too or whatever more so than I thought that she would be but then I had to like put it in perspective like when I had my miscarriage I was 20 so Rion um we're only like four years and some change so she was like 15 16 years and we've always you know outside of being sisters we've always been the closest friends so I you know I know that she helped me get out of some of that depression or whatever Mm -hmm. and I know you know I talked to her and confided in her a lot so I remember her you know getting a Doppler and saying I can't find his heartbeat and I'm like it's okay you're not gonna find his heartbeat every time you don't have the same frequency of a Doppler that the doctor's office have like you know don't freak yourself out you know stuff like that but I mean it's 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 scary it's scary I just want to say this has been the most first of all the most touching interview but the easiest interview like i'm gonna literally go through my questions and raquel literally answered every one of my questions and i don't send the questions out prior to the show guys and i was listening to her talk and i was like god dang she went through every question i had um the first question was miscarriage can be a difficult difficult journey um when when it happened what were your first emotions she went through that what were the emotions of your husband Uh, She went through that because I feel like sometimes people forget about the dad or the other person that's in that situation. Um, Yes, it's a different experience for both parties, but um, I always say the only person that understands what you're going through is the person who's in it with you. Like, John understands my fears. He understood, like, um, I was fearful with Hunter because I was told I wasn't supposed to have kids in 2000. No, 2012, I was told I wasn't going to have any kids um, at the hospital in Montgomery County when I got taken from my job at NIH. 
And so I was scared the entire time with Hunter. And the same thing happened with me where John told people. And I was like, didn't I tell you don't tell nobody? Because I, I, they don't listen. And I like read stories and it was scaring me. And like my mom was excited because I had already told my mom what the doctors had said. So she already had a mindset that it was a possibility that I wouldn't be able to have kids. Um, and so she was elated about that. But I was definitely scared like Raquel was to tell my parents. Um, it's just, I don't know what it is. It's just, I, and I was 26 or 26 because I had Hunter at 27. And I was like literally scared like I was in 10th grade having a baby but I don't know but one comment about people telling you um that you can't have kids if God himself didn't tell you that you can't have kids or if you haven't physically had your uterus and fallopian tubes Mm -hmm. and ovaries removed don't believe that because the same thing happened with my aunt they told her that you know she was going to have a very difficult time getting pregnant Mm -hmm. and um my aunt won't mind me sharing this, but she ended up getting pregnant really quickly after going off on birth control. Um, same thing happened to me. I didn't even go off birth control. That's why I'm on birth control now because I know me and T being together for 16 years, we'd be to had 16 kids or something, <laughs> something crazy or whatever, especially since twins run in my family. I'm not, oh, playing, wow. I'm not playing them type of games. Um, but, you know, they told her, like, oh, it's going to be very difficult for you to have kids mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, if you ever want to have kids, you probably should get off birth control pills because it's going to be years. We need to get that stuff out your system. I think she said she stopped taking birth control pills one month and found out the next month that she was pregnant. Wow. So, of course, she went through a little bit of postpartum depression because, like me, she has a type A personality. And this was <laughs> not the plan. Like, y'all told me a few years, not, you know, the next month. Um so yeah, so don't if God yes. didn't tell you that, don't don't believe the hype. I'm telling that. you, cause and then I got two running around here acting crazy. Um, then I went through. Did you guys communicate about it? Um, some people may think it's better to not talk about it because it's a very touchy subject. You don't know what to ask and when it's appropriate to ask, and sometimes it's hard because you don't want to overdo it with the "Are you okay? How are you feeling?" Like I just feel like as a friend whose experiences as a friend, I'm like, I don't want to be overbearing with, like you said, you felt when you went back to your mom's house that day, like, we're just like trying to love on y'all and trying to make sure you guys are okay. But we never stop to think about what's, what they're going through and their processing and their healing time. So I think that's important as well for the support system to know, like we can love on them and, um, never stop loving on them, never stop praying for them, never stop checking in on them. But I just, I was like, maybe I'm just overdoing it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, everybody is different or whatever. Like, I mm-hmm. am a touchy-feely, lovey-dovey type person. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the aftermath of the support was great, but it was just like in that, in that initial moment. state of shock. You know, just everybody being there was a bit much. But for some people, that that might have been necessary or whatever. But it's hard to know exactly what people mm-hmm. need when they need it. And sometimes, like, you know, I, my dad has also passed away or whatever. And he died at a very young age. And I remember, like, people asked me, like, you know, how you feel or saying it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. No, it's not going to be okay. And, you know, you know how I feel. Like, sometimes the best thing to say is I love you and I'm praying for you. Right. And that's what, you know that's what you need to say you don't need to try to have the answers because you don't have the answers you don't have the right answers it's going to make somebody feel better and I you know learned that from my experience with my miscarriage like you know I didn't get upset with anybody for anything that they said Mm -hmm. to me but like sometimes it would just be like what are you talking about like no like just just give me a hug say I love you it was like I'm praying for you and that's it and that's it (laughs) 
Because, I mean, you know, human nature, you want to be like, it's going to be okay. No. (laughs) (laughs) And then I asked, did you guys go to counseling or would you recommend other people like seeking counseling or any advice that you can share about that healing process? Um, I didn't go to counseling or whatever. I have always been the type of person that when I am going through something, I get inundated with let me get to work. Mm -hmm. Let me stay active. Let me do something. So I can tell you a few experiences like that. Like with the miscarriage, I was still bleeding after the surgery or whatever. And the bleeding just was seeming like it was never going to stop. And the doctor was like, you know, I'm not clearing you to go back to school. And I remember sitting in his office like, I'm going back to school. (laughs) And I'm like, so you can either clear me. Or, you know, I'm going to clear myself. And I was like, because I'm going back to school. And I was like, I cannot sit at my mom's house and continue to look at the four walls in my bedroom crying while everybody else is working and going on about their life and going to school. And if I'm not having a baby, come hell or high water, I'm graduating (laughs) on time. I'm like, Towson ain't getting another bit of time or another bit of money from me so I'm going back to school (laughs) I remember like me vividly having that conversation with him like you're not no you're not about to stop me I'm going back to school like I talk to you later about this so he was like okay I'm going to clear you but you do need to do xyz you know take it easy on yourself don't be so I remember like going back to school and I probably should have went to counseling but I just you know, confided. That's another thing in our mm-hmm. community. We don't do a whole bunch of going to counseling. I didn't mm-hmm. go to counseling until um, I was getting ready to turn. Uh, had I turned thirty yet? No. Yeah, I had turned thirty, and you know, I don't know. It's something about transitioning from your twenties to your thirties or whatever that can really rock Definitely. your world or whatever. Rock it. And <laughs> I remember like saying, like, you know what? I'm not myself. Like, I'm gaining all this weight. You know, I'm working and I'm going through life, whatever. But at this point, I'm just existing, whatever. Like, I'm not living. And I'm like, from the outside in, everybody, you know, looks at me and they're like, you know, Raquel is just her normal, happy self. Mm -hmm. But I knew that I wasn't myself. So I, you know, went to counseling and started dealing with some of, you know, the issues that I had. But the miscarriage never really came up during my counseling sessions because at this point I had already had one child. Mm -hmm. um, And this was before I had gotten pregnant with Blake but I do recommend that if you are getting that depressed about it or whatever and if you're not the type of person that can just process it and pray through it that you definitely definitely um you know go to counseling and get some help but I just worked through it with my family and my close friends and just got back to work got back to school or whatever and um the next time the feelings really came up was when I got pregnant again Mm -hmm. um And I mean, even then, like I'm telling Terry, like, you know, please don't tell anybody. I'm like, last time I told you not to tell anybody, you know, people knew. And I was like, do not, you know, tell anybody or whatever. And I was like, because I almost didn't want to tell like you, my mom, like this your baby. (laughs) And I didn't want to tell nobody. And I was like, outside of your parents and my mom and, you know, my mom, I'm like, I really don't want too many people knowing whatever and I remember him being like you know why you don't want to tell people and I remember telling him like I'm scared whatever like you know I miscarried that baby whatever like I I lost the baby and I remember him looking at me and saying we lost the baby yeah it was my baby too Mm -hmm. and I remember having to like do you know like a self-check like you know I always know how I feel about the miscarriage Mm -hmm. but I didn't never check in with him to see you know how he felt about it Mm -hmm. um 
So we do sometimes as women forget that, you know, especially when we're experiencing stuff with our partners and it's something with our body and the pregnancy that they have emotions and feelings too, whatever, and that they go through, you know, things too, and that they hurt, hate seeing us in pain and have some of the same fears that we have. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely good. And then... Uh, yeah, you pretty much an- literally answer all the questions <laughs> without even knowing. Um, so my ending was like Raquel's a nurse and I always like bug her to death. Like she's literally my first call now. My medical bills have went down tremendously. <laughs> like I'm probably should be paying her my copay because I like, should I take him in? I'm sending pictures of like Jackson's eye, different stuff because I'm just like, let me ask Raquel. And I just always wonder, like, is it easier being like having that medical background of knowing like certain things with your boy's illnesses or anything that may come up with yourself uh, medically? Or I just want to know, like, your experience as being a mom and a nurse. Um, It's kind of it can be like a gift and a curse mm-hmm. um, because sometimes, you know, Bryce is like, oh, I'm sick. And I'm like, you're not that sick. <laughs> like. <laughs> And it's like, you know, go to school and then the school nurse calls and they're like, uh, he's kind of sick. Come and get your child. We're not, you know, we're not going to take care of this. And in my mind, I'm just like, he ain't that sick. <laughs> like, he can stay at school. Um, but, you know, it's definitely been like a gift and a curse because because I know a little bit more than what the average mom or just the average, you know, human mm-hmm. knows. I always tell people like when when I'm in my orientation I'm like healthcare providers are the worst patients mm-hmm. because we have a background knowledge um so I remember when I had Blake the nurse telling um T like you know well this is an induction she's only like one centimeter dilated um she's not having contractions yet because he was asking her how long was it going right. to take and I remember her saying like well she can be into labor up to you know 24 hours with this induction I remember looking at her like ain't no way like I did 19 hours with the first one we're cutting that time in half I will not be in nobody's labor for no 19 20 or 24 hours none of that is happening um but I told T I was like you know as a nurse she knows better like it doesn't matter how much and I was not in labor for no 24 hours nine hours and she, was, and she was Millie rocking while she was in labor. Yes, like, I'm like, like, how? I could not get myself out of the bed. But like, I no. remember telling T, like, she knows better as a nurse not to be telling nobody. Every experience is different or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she knows better to tell people that. But, I mean, I like sometimes that I have, like, a background knowledge. But then sometimes it's kind of hard, like I said, when you're dealing with your kids. And then when people, like, text you. Because I always tell Keele, like, if your gut, the, no matter what I tell you, if right. your gut tells you that you need to go to the hospital or whatever, go to the hospital. Always follow your gut as a yeah. mom. And I think that that comes um, into play more often than, like, my nursing knowledge or whatever because I'm not a pediatric nurse. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some things I troubleshoot at home, like, oh, your temperature's 101. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to do some Tylenol or we're going to rotate it with ibuprofen. We're going to let – it's a virus. I'm not going to take you to the doctors for that. Whereas some parents, they're like, you know, he got a fever. He needs to see a doctor. Like, with me, I'm like, it's probably a virus. Let's give it a few days. Mm-hmm. Let long as I keep you hydrated, I know you'll be okay, that type of thing. Um, But even that can be scary because in a couple of days, 
when my troubleshooting hasn't worked, it's like, oh, did I let this go, go too, too long, long or yeah. whatever? Um, so, yeah, it can definitely be a gift and a curse. And the same thing is true of, like, you know, sometimes I don't know the answer. Right. My family is expecting me to know the answer, but <laughs> anybody that knows me knows I'll be the truthful and be like, girl, I don't know. Yeah, like, real, I don't honest. Know. <laughs> real honest. Real honest. Like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> you might want... Don't Google it, but you might want to call, phone a friend that ain't me, because I don't know that answer. I'm telling you, I was yeah. at the doctor every time with Hunter. Like, Jackson, it might be second child syndrome, but we've been doing good. Knock on wood. <laughs> um, and then I just really want to thank you. Like, Raquel's an awesome mom, an awesome wife, like, a great support system, great friend, family, everything. Like, sometimes I'm just like... How is she doing this? I be on her Instagram like, you're pregnant, tired from work. How the heck are you playing board games? Like, her and Bryce be playing like five games in one night. And I'm like, <laughs> listen. And I'm sitting here telling Hunter to get out of my face. <laughs> but she's so patient, like an amazing person. So I'm just honored to have you come on Mommish Podcast. She's been like a day one supporter. So she'll definitely be getting her hoodie. They're coming in soon. I keep saying that, but they are, guys. Um... Day one supporter for Momish. Um, I do have to shout out her husband, who's a part of 85 Alive, the nonprofit organization. Um, make sure you check out my interview with them on YouTube. Um, they're doing amazing things in the community. I think it's absolutely amazing. I can't wait to collaborate with them. And speaking of the interview. You should have on a 85 Alive hat. I but. know. That would have been bomb. <laughs> uh, speaking of my interview, you can catch it on YouTube. But the link is on my website, y'all. So my husband texted me the other day. He's, like, super amazing. I know y'all be like, she always bragging on this bald head, dark skin joint. <laughs> but he texted me the other day. Last Monday, I did Mama Show on Monday. And he thought that I was being loud and I was trying to hint around that I wanted him to do my website. And I wasn't. I was really just, like, telling y'all I didn't have a website because people keep asking me. And he texted me. <laughs> He texted me and he was like, I was going to wait till Christmas, but I need your help on the website. And so he literally created my website this week and the website is live and it's a go. And I'm so excited about it. Congratulations. Thank you. And I'll continue to update it with hot topics and mom spotlights because you guys love the mom spotlights and the momish items for sale. The hoodie is already on there. Um, I'm going to be doing a sale for the first five people who want to purchase. And then I'll be doing a promo for a free momish hoodie. Um, I'm going to do a post and you have to share it to your friends and family. And the person who gets the most likes will, um, I'm trying to pull up the website guys. We'll get a free hoodie, free hoodie y'all free hoodie. Um, but I want y'all to see the website. It's the momish it's momishpodcast.com momish-podcast.com and here's the website guys you can see it's live now the web facebook y'all got like a light glare but it's live the website is live it's the momish-podcast.com so check out the website um there's a lot of like videos on there including my interview with 85 alive photos I'm going to be doing mom spotlights again because that was amazing. I love to highlight the moms. Like Raquel said, we don't communicate enough. So there'll be um, some conversation pieces on there where we can communicate with each other throughout the week. It doesn't have to be necessarily a live video. 
Um, also trying to plan mom, mom play dates where we may go to dinner or we may um, have something here. I don't know. I'm trying to uh, play around with ideas um, because we used to do our little girls night. We we did like three and then we stopped because her and Rion got pregnant. <laughs> but it was really fun to just be around like other women. And now I feel like um, other women were all moms now. Uh, Rion has joined the motherhood club. So I think it's amazing for us to get together and just have fun, but kind of like bounce stuff off each other. Uh, I remember me texting Raquel like, hey, now that you had a second baby, is Bryce like acting like funny? Uh, because Hunter literally is like backtracking, backtracking. He's reverting back to like wanting attention. He's like being extra, extra, extra like Bryce is too. and getting himself in trouble. But it was good to have that conversation with her because sometimes you feel like what is I'm going on? I'm the only person this. going through this. So it was amazing to know. I was like, I'm so glad I'm not going through this by myself. So now we can continue to talk about that. Yeah, um, Kile thought that like, Kile <laughs> thinks that I'm the most patient person. But I'm telling you, I've been losing my patience with Bryce. Like, <laughs> what is going on with my kid? No, like, like you for real. Are crazy. She I'm is like, the most patient whining. person. You're t- I'm like, we didn't do tantrum tantrums when you were two, kid. We're not about to do this when you're about to be six. I'm like, Keila, you nap by yourself. It's bad. It's bad, y'all. I'm telling y'all. But um, it's really good to... I don't have too many married and mom friends. So it's good to have Raquel in my corner because we're both married. So sometimes we complain about our husbands and we <laughs> tell each other like, listen, girl, I'm going through the same thing with him. <laughs> but we just joke about it and we have fun. It's never like anything too serious like we just have general conversation but i think that's amazing that my community of moms is building so i'm so blessed and thankful for our support system and the momish community um janae is saying uh my sister went through the same thing when she had my my youngest niece that my oldest niece was acting up uh nana says she's been begging for a momish hoodie since episode one i know no no i got you for real (laughs) Um, but thank you guys for real for the support. Um, the snow is still coming down slowly. So pray for unscheduled telework for me tomorrow. Um, everybody (laughs) has to commute. I'm sorry. Rion, do not come in my text talking about me. I'm sorry. I do want unscheduled telework, but I really want to thank Raquel for coming on and just literally type a knowing all of my questions before I even ask them and just, uh, sharing her experience. Now Facebook is trying to reconnect. But sharing her experience with other moms to be a blessing uh, to them. Um, so I think it's amazing. So thank you guys for tuning in today. Um, be sure to check out the website and stay tuned for the next episode. Um, I will be in Dominican Republic next week. So I will not be doing Momish next Slacking. Sunday. <laughs> I know. Next Sunday will be an off Sunday. And we will return the the following Sunday. So, um, safe travels for us. I'm ready to go on vacation. I'm probably going to miss my kids after I get there. But I'm ready to go. Uh, Have a blessed week, guys. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. I don't know what Facebook's doing. But I don't know what Facebook's doing. I always do that on Instagram. And share. Yes. Because last time it wouldn't let me share. Facebook don't mess it up.